Welcome to a mini-sode of the Racking Focus podcast. I'm John Doyle, and today we'll be talking about Alien. I'm going to start this conversation about Alien with a confession. When Alien first came out, I was a young man, and the movie theaters were playing the film, and there was a ranting and raving around me that this was the horror movie to see, and I was just too scared to go. I didn't see this movie in a theater until far later, when it had returned to the theaters after years. During its original run, I hid my head under a pillow and hoped Star Wars would get me through. In the intervening years, when I finally did see the film, and that was partly because of some exposure to some other Ridley Scott films, I battened down the hatches, closed my eyes, walked into the theater, opened them, and tried not to turn away. And I have to say that it did scare me then, and now, although it scares me less, I think it falls far more into the category of a science fiction thriller than it does a horror movie. So I'm going to talk about three things from the original movie Alien that I think have some interest or impact to the filmmaking. The first thing I want to talk about is the thing I'm most excited about, and that is the actual practical effects. So much of that film is practical. It's present in the world. You can see it. Sometimes it's even a distraction as we look back today at effects that weren't as strong as they are. Certainly our uh, android's head being placed up onto the counter so he can speak is problematic as a visual reference, although back then it was really quite good as special effects would go. The large-scale special effects of the ship moving through space, all of those things work, but the real magic is in the alien himself. The alien present in the space is a real being encountering the other beings. And just like we hear from the Henson folks, and they talk about this when they were doing Farscape, the idea of touching the puppet, of making sure that the on-screen puppet is physically in contact and interacting with the other actors gives it verisimilitude. The practical effects in Alien make things seem real. I love those practical effects. I love the long fingers. I love the long elongated head, the way it is crafted into the film as a slow-moving puppeteer, a real figure, another character in the piece. Not a horror monster in the background, but in fact, a being who encounters, who makes physical contact with the world around these other characters. So often in CGI, either the world is made from the CGI as well as the characters, or the characters existing in a real world, but it's a CGI character. In both cases, they can't completely touch the world. That really undercuts the truth of those scenes. It makes me doubt what I'm seeing. And Alien doesn't do that. Today, when we watch it, there are places where obviously the special effects and even the structure has become dated, but much of that is a result far more of the fact that technology has changed and this was the groundwork for much of what we're seeing as horror today rather than what they're doing being poorly executed. The other thing about practical effects in this film is they can encounter items in lighting that creates both suspense and helps us see the action more clearly. There's that sequence in the chained water room where Harry Dean Stanton's character is walking, wetting his face, the water's making noise, the chains are making noise, the room makes no sense. Now there are reasons today why we put chains to catch water and rain and all of that kind of condensation stuff, but in that world you're watching it and you're in a strange, unnatural place, and yet because it's real, it's much more believable. And as we see the alien appear in the background, all of those moving chains have created for us a sense of suspense. And Dean Stanton's death is part of a horror suspense moment that's sustained by the fact the real aliens in the room 
with the main character who's about to be killed. This follows till we're in that final ship when Ridley's pressing buttons and sending exhaust that pushes the alien out that doesn't quite make complete sense again in the world of the story in the same way that the it doesn't make quite sense that the, she can't turn off the countdown to the self-destruct. But each of those moments when the alien moves, it's responding in real time. It responds like a real being. And that's exciting to see. Finally, the alien bursting from John Hurt's chest is an iconic image and done so simply with simple squib explosions. We see that empty, bloody hole. The blood isn't perfect. That puppet's movement isn't perfect. And yet the horror of that experience bound to a real actor doing real work with a real squib gives it a reality that is gut-wrenching. The second thing I want to talk about is the acting values in the film. This is a film of raw, almost improvisational acting, and sometimes it feels like an acting class running through the sequences. I often am bothered by raw, uncontrolled acting on the screen. I think of the Blair Witch Project and the fact that it looks like some acting class went out and tried to make a movie and lost control of themselves. The original Blair Witch Project, and some of those scenes are almost impossible to watch, not because they're full of raw emotion, but because they're full of emotion that feels untrue based on the fact that it's from the actor's vomit, I guess is what I want to say. The raw acting, the almost improvisational sense in Alien really makes a difference. The scene around the table before John Hurt's chest explodes. The scene with Ridley and Yafat Koto where he won't stop talking and she's telling him to shut up. Those moments feel real because the acting's not happening in the patterned movement of lines and dialogue that have been preset. They're actors interacting with each other. And I love that. I think it's great. The acting in this film is spectacular. It's raw. It's uncontrolled. And again, it feels improvisational. But it grounds, again, the story in reality. These feel like real people. They seem to know each other. They seem to know each other's foibles. And they're reacting in the moment, spontaneously. Ridley Scott's direction for the actors looks like it gives them freedom to make choices in the moment. And Yafat Koto and Sigourney Weaver, Harry Dean Stanton, John Hurt, these are actors who have the ability to make those choices in the moment. There's a sense of stage work to this. It feels like a play, and that's exciting. It's immediate, and it works. We get to that final moment where Ridley's putting on the spacesuit and singing You Are My Shining Star, and that feels real too. The relationship with the cat feels real. <laughs> All of those moments, because they are done with an immediacy as opposed to the staid call and response of regular scene and acting. I also want to talk about world building in Alien, which I think is particularly interesting in reference to the larger Alien franchise. The thing about the first Alien is we're thrust into an environment where dialogue drives the world building. We hear about the relationship between captain and crew, or we hear about how shares are distributed. All those things are presented through lines of individual characters to each other in common conversation throughout the story. It's been such a focus with the development of science fiction and fantasy as part of the popular imagination and moving out of the sort of geekdom that it had lived in before that world building is critically important and the details of world building really matter. And you see things like Game of Thrones where there's so much detail about the world that you can become lost in the detail or you learn about the Easter eggs and the background and all the world building that takes place in something like 
uh, the Avengers series and the greater Marvel Cinematic Universe. There's world building in things like Battlestar Galactica on uh, the Sci-Fi Channel. Those movies, those TV shows, all spend a lot of time talking about the details. But some of the greatest magic in world building is when we don't talk about it. We just let things live in the world. We speak as characters or we have props that look a certain way. I think about the cut edges of the Battlestar Galactica paper that's never really referenced and it's madness. It doesn't even make sense to do it, but it's part of the culture and it's part of the world building. And that same thing applies here in Alien. And so when we watch the movie, we're hearing characters talk about the way their world works, not telling us what the function of the world is and showing us things. You know, the uh, backward nature of the computer system that they have, the access port, this strange isolation of the mother character and the name mother for the computer. All of those things tell us something about the world without spelling it out in some arbitrary narration or exposition. As we move forward in the Alien franchise, we see more deliberate clarity about world building. We learn about the military in this very specific way, and yet still, to some great extent, through dialogue. But the company information and the hierarchy in their world begins to become spelled out more and more. And then, as we approach the current series, we see that there we're spending a ton of time literally laying out the world. The story becomes less important. The characters are unimportant to some extent. And the movie lets the characters make ridiculous, inane choices in Prometheus than the actual world building around what is really a movie that doesn't need any of that. The movie spends tons of time trying to validate the universe that those characters are in, which is the exact reverse of the original Alien film, where the universe isn't deliberately making sense, but the characters within it are making choices in reference to what we are learning about the world they live in. I prefer the intimacy of character and the relationship of those characters to the world they're in than the establishment of a world with people jammed into it. And so Alien really does that very effectively. There's tons of things in that movie that do not make scientific sense or even logical sense. But those things develop a character and a flavor and it helps with the look and production design. That is what makes this movie masterful. So as I sit with that cat on my lap, which I have a particular fanatical love of the movie because the cat survives. And that's a spoiler, I guess. I shouldn't have said that. But anyway, go watch Alien again. Take the time. Watch it without all of the baggage of anything after Aliens. Just enjoy the magic of a horror film, a science fiction adventure film, and a movie that begins a lot of the genre-based activity we see in movies today. Ridley Scott really nailed it. Sigourney Weaver is spectacular, but although she is the standout from the film, she's also the survivor. And as a result, we don't get to re-enjoy some of those other characters who are a real treasure in the film. So go check it out. I hope you enjoy. This is a Racking Focus podcast, mini-sode about Alien. And as always, we want your feedback. So please contact us at rackingfocuspod at gmail.com 
or at Pod Focus on Twitter or at Racking Focus Podcast at Instagram. You can also contact us on Facebook, and we're beginning a Facebook group there, and a website is on the way. If you want to support us, you can contact us at Patreon, and that information is in the description of today's podcast. Remember, leave a five-star review on Apple iTunes and give us some feedback there. We'd love to hear what you think about the show and especially about these minisodes. And so again, thanks for listening, and we hope to hear from you soon. Thanks for listening to the Racking Focus Podcast.